Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 19 of the Sajan Photography Podcast. My name is Jason Teal, and today we are going to cover how to shoot Buddha's birthday effectively and some of my favorite places to go to get those iconic shots that you see all over Instagram, minus the person being led by their girlfriend or something weird like that. So I am going to touch on where to go, where to set up, and hopefully get you some good shots this year if there is anything going on. Because I've heard conflicting stories about whether or not the Lantern Festivals and whatnot are actually occurring this year due to the pandemic. But then here down in Ulsan, I still see festivals being set up as they are today, even though it's raining. So you could have a hit or miss this time of year. So just bear with me. I'm going to pretend that temples are going to still be decorated from which I saw and that they'll still be open to the public. So if it's not, you know, don't come after me. Please understand my unique situation. <laughs> So first things first, usually these temples are best photographed at night. Yes, you can go during the daytime, and I've seen some great ones from up in Seoul, under the tree or something like that. But I find that when you go there at night, there is a certain light or atmosphere that just is conducive to a better shot all around. Now, with that being said, I do not want you to think that you can just rock up at 8 o'clock at night and still get the same level of photos. I mean, you could, but what I want you to do is get there while it's still daylight and find some great shots. And by that, I mean actually walk around the temple grounds and figure out what it is you want to say with these photos. So you're again, you're not documenting, you're not you know, some sort of wartime photographer showing the reality. I want you to create sort of a story here. And that means you need to walk around to get a feel for what this is saying to you. How is this landscape or temple presenting itself to you? And again, this is just my approach to it. You know, you can really just do the wartime documentary thing and do that. But I find that the photos that really sort of impact me from the great photographers around this country are the ones that have a unique angle. They present the lanterns in a way that is powerful, but also there's some sort of story or something going on that catches your eye. And it's not just, boom, that's a lantern. Boom, that's a temple. Boom, that's a temple with a monk like that. There is some sort of thought behind the image. And that's sort of what I want you to think about. And for that, you need to get there a little bit before sunset and just get your bearings. So one of the things I like to do, as I said before, is get the bearings. And when I find the spot that I want, if it's not too popular of an area, I will get set up. And I usually start shooting around blue hour. And the reason for this is because I like the contrast. Like it's still dark. There are still lights in the lanterns, but the sky has a little bit more pop of color and maybe there's some cloud cover. So there'll be some detail there. I don't mind the pitch black, dark skies if it does well with the image, but I find that the blue hour and just when you're on the cusp of it, so it's still a little bit bright, but it's still, 
you know, is contrasting with the lanterns. I think that is about the perfect time, especially to shoot the lanterns, because it gives you some sort of color contrast against the sky and the lanterns or even the temple itself. So my advice here would be to get set up and then shoot for blue hour to start and then shoot quickly to maximize your time during that short period of time when the sky is that beautiful blue color. So the one thing I do want to point out here is that I am recommending shooting blue hour and a little bit past and you absolutely should have a sturdy tripod with you. If there's one piece of gear that I would highly recommend here is the tripod. And I've seen a lot of photographers try and squeak by, you know, putting your camera on a railing or something like that. Just don't do it. If you have to buy one thing for your landscape photography needs, it would be a tripod. And trust me when I say I've known a lot of photographers who cheaped out on their tripods and they paid the price when they found a beautiful composition. You know, the camera sort of shifts in the wind or the ball head doesn't grip as well as it could and they're using a big lens, things like that. So buy yourself a decently priced tripod, bring it with you and use it. Now, keep in mind though, when you are photographing around crowds and stuff, tripods are like a magnet. I don't know why, but they're a magnet for toddlers. They just meander right to one of the legs. So be aware of your environment when you're setting up because people will tend to bump into them, trip over them, and all you're going to get is a, oh, just and then they're gone in the crowd. So it's up to you to sort of be a little bit proactive, uh, be a little bit um, aggressive in guarding your tripod just in case someone knocks it down. And that also means just knowing where to set up so that it won't be in the way of people. Because again, as I said in the last podcast, if you're there to take pictures, you're not there to worship. So be mindful of the people who are there to worship and their priorities. So your priority of getting that image that you're only going to put on Instagram is not going to be you know, superseding their day of worship. So do keep that in mind. Another piece of gear that you might want to consider bringing is a cable release or some sort of remote shutter. Now, the old school photographer in me still has his intervalometers for, you know, time lapse and stuff like that. But if you have an app on your phone or a relatively new camera, it may be able to trigger the shutter, you know, through the camera's app, which I do with my Canon EOS R. But if you don't have that, uh, just use the timer function. And for me, if you also dabble in HDR photography, uh, that timer feature will also trigger all of the bracketed images. So if you're shooting a five bracket shot of the lanterns, if you set the timer up, it will trigger all of those images consecutively. And that's a lot better than trying to squeeze off, you know, one by one and hoping you don't set the camera wrong or something like that. So do keep in mind when you're shooting at night, this may not be like huge tons of long exposure, but a little camera shake may throw off the detail in your image. So you want to reduce that as best that you can. So using the camera's app on your phone or a remote shutter release will help you get the sharpest shots around. So you can find these, just check your camera. If it's new enough and it can connect to your phone, 
that's probably the best way. But also check around the camera marts. There's probably like a lot of off-brand, you know, remotes that you can plug into your camera itself and that will be better than nothing. But failing that, again, use that timer function. I know on my Canon, you can set it to about a two second release so that you can just trip it, step back and beep, beep, and it'll take the shot. So again, you don't have to wait for that, um, you know, 10 second delay. There's probably a setting where you can just do a two second delay. So check on the settings in your camera for that. All right, let's get into the good stuff. And by that, I mean the locations. Now, understand that I live around Ulsan and a lot of the temples that I go to are around this area, so Daegu and south. And what I want to stress here is, is that you don't need to go to Jogesa uh, up in Seoul because that's what is on all of the touristy guide maps. And I can honestly say I have nothing against that temple, but it was one of those things that greatly disappointed me because it was just your average temple. It just happens to be next to Insadong and on all of the TripAdvisor, Trazi, or whatever they're advertising now. And it's not the best temple. What I want you to think about is what do you want to achieve? Do you want to get the blanket of uh, lanterns or do you want to get like a cool looking temple and seek out those temples? Some of the more... Rural temples will have a modest display this time of year. Others will have a really beautiful display backed up against a mountain. So do some research and take the time to find the right temple. There are hundreds of them across this country and each has their own unique display. The first one I'm going to talk about today is Tongdosa. And that has been my favorite temple for a long, long time. And the reason is, is that not only is it big, but it also has this uh, mountain rural vibe to it. And what I normally do, and I highly recommend this, is that during this time of year, the main parking lot is just crazy. So what I normally do is I park outside the temple. There's a big parking lot by the front gate. And then I just pay the fee and walk in. And they could be waiving the fee during this time of year. I know in the past that they have, but it's sort of a crapshoot. Sometimes they've done it. Sometimes they haven't done it. So do check in on that. Now, the reason why I recommend walking up to the temple, which is probably about a kilometer or something, is because recently, over the last couple of years, they have made that walk amazing. And I'm going to put links for this temple below but by that, I mean they put these beautiful crane lanterns all around the pathway up to the main temple. And walking up there is absolutely amazing. And I think probably about two to three years ago, I had a really great experience. Again, I parked out in front of the temple and I was preparing to walk up when I saw the monks gathering around the front gate. And the head monk sort of motioned to me to go ahead of them because they were doing a little bit of a lantern parade. And it was absolutely the most beautiful thing I have ever experienced on Buddha's birthday. Because it's, you got to understand, like this is, you know, nighttime, the lanterns are lighting the path up to the temple. And there was this huge procession of monks holding lanterns. And it was just like, words can't even describe it. And here's the thing photos can. So 
I took hundreds of photos that day and it took me a little bit to get sort of situated, but I sort of gauged where the other, you know, Korean photographers were and got set up quickly. But overall, that experience was amazing. If you're at Tongdosa, walk up the uh, road towards the temple and get those shots of those lanterns. Now, after the gate, they have sort of a lantern display next to the uh, the creek there and just before the main museum. And it's a little tacky, but I do like sort of capturing the dragons that they have and whatnot. But these days they've put in, you know, Iron Man and stuff like that. So it sort of takes away from it all. But then as you head towards the main temple, this is where I think the true beauty of that temple is. And I recommend going straight to the main hall and then setting up your camera around there. Most of the people will be focused on that main entrance to get shots with Iron Man or something like that. But you can get set up you know, further back and then just work your way back towards the main gate and then collect any shots that you can on the way back to your car walking down that beautiful pathway. For these types of shots, I recommend using some sort of wide angle zoom lens because you are going to be fluctuating between wide angles of the lanterns and maybe some detail shots. So typically I'm using the 24 to 105 on the Canon. And this is a lens that I've been using almost exclusively recently, just because you have that ability to zoom in on details and also get the wide angle. So think about something like that. And of course, set your camera up on a tripod to get the sharpest possible shots. And especially when you're walking back from the temple, because it will be dark and you will be getting a lot more longer exposure. But again, there's at Tongdosa, there's a little bit of everything, even that creek that goes up to the main hall. You can get some great reflections of the dragons if they put them in the creek like they did last year. And it is a beautiful sight to see. So that is my suggestion for Tongdosa. And we'll move on to the next temple, which I absolutely adore, and that is Bomosa. Now, Bomosa is great if you're just walking up because there's a lot of bus routes that will drop you off right at the main gate, or you can park in the main parking lot behind the little museum there. But this area does get quite busy because there's a lot of people who live around that area. So that parking lot or that particular part of the temple will get quite busy. Now, again, you want to sort of get your bearings here, but I find walking up to that main section of the temple along the walkway is a good place to start. I find Bomosa a little bit condensed when it comes to the lanterns, but there are a lot of lined pathways that you can wander around and get some really interesting shots. So what I typically do is I set here a wider angle lens. So if you do have like an ultra wide, this is great because you want to get sort of the lined pathways leading up to the temple. And, you know, as well, when you get to the main temple area, you can either shoot under the lanterns, which is amazing. And again, having a wide angle will give you just that amazing environmental shot of just how many individual lanterns there are here. Or you can go up to the main hall and shoot over top of it. One of the things I do recommend is walking past the main bell 
and going down towards the other section of the temple, uh, just past the uh, main parking lot and the uh, the Shikdong there, just to sort of exploring because it does get a little bit dark and scary, but a lot of times they'll have the lanterns lined up. And then what I typically like to do here is just get that feeling of sort of warmth or light within the darkness, uh, because there's not a lot of light in and around that part of the temple. And you can just see these lanterns sort of glowing against the bamboo on the left side of the road as you walk up to the other section of the temple. So that's something to consider when you're walking around there. And if you're looking for a great experience, just as a side note, Bomosa and Tongdosa do have uh, Temple State programs. Uh, I'll link to that below as well. And you do get a chance to sort of wander around these temples at night, maybe not during Buddha's birthday, but just keep in mind if you're visiting Korea that this is some sort of a great experience if you want to experience that style of living. Keep in mind it is quite early to rise, late to bed kind of deal. So if you're a kind of a person who wants the uh, fun, fun party guy lifestyle, maybe uh, take a pass on this one. The next major temple I want to talk about is Samgwangsa in Busan. And if you've seen any shot of Busan during this time of year, it's probably from that particular temple because they put on probably the most amazing display of lanterns that I think I have ever seen in all of Korea. It is just massive. Now, the temple complex is quite big, but it's not as spread out as Bomosa or Tongdosa. So they just blanket, you know, building to building with all of these lanterns, and it is something to see. Uh, a lot of times the photographers will gather uh, just above the main auditorium. So if you're coming up to the temple, you'll see sort of the main temple area, and to your left, there'll be like an auditorium. And if you go up onto the second floor, there'll be a gaggle of photographers and it's a great shot, don't get me wrong, but it's one that is overshot. And I usually find myself, you know, elbowing other photographers out of the way, or they'll push their camera right up to yours and pay no attention to shifting your camera to get their shot. And during the pandemic, this is a big no no. So don't put yourself into that position. But A, go when there's not a lot of people there. So probably now until just before Buddha's birthday, they may have the lanterns set up. And if you go just around, I said blue hour, you can get some great shots with not many photographers, but this is a photo spot. There will be people there. You just have to get there early and get set up. As a side note, like one of these shots was actually um, given a thumbs up by a National Geographic photographer during the My Shot website days. And it's a great composition to shoot from. But I will say, like, take the time to explore again under the lanterns so you can get a great shot of that. Or what I actually prefer is going to the other side of the temple. So basically the exact opposite of what all the other photographers are shooting and shoot back towards that way. Again, you're going to get a shot over top of the lanterns and you'll get a different perspective. And I much prefer that shot. For equipment, again, bring your tripod and your wide angle because this is a great area to get these wide 
expansive shots of the temple. Now, one of my favorite things, and it just sort of came because I was getting my stuff ready to to leave, but if you go out towards, there's like a uh, fountain or something in the parking lot, uh, I managed to get a quite nice shot, but again, my tripod shifted a little bit, but I do want to recreate the shot a little bit later, but if you shoot back towards the temple and get the road leading up to the temple, it's quite uh, curvy, it would be a term. There's lots of, it's a it's a winding road. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. It is a great shot if you do a long exposure and can get a car coming up that road because you do get the bright temple along with the village in front and the cars going up and down. But again, you're going to need that ultra-wide lens to sort of get everything in the frame. So originally, I was going to talk about Hedongyung Gunsa, which is the big seaside temple in Busan. But when I thought about it, and I looked at my past images, really, they didn't scream something that you really have to go and see during this time of year. Now, don't get me wrong, the temple is absolutely gorgeous, but it's gorgeous all year round. So you don't have to wait out for Buddha's birthday to actually go and visit. You can go there any time of the year and it's going to be just as impressive, if not maybe even a little bit better any time of the year. Fact is, the last couple of times I've gone, they've closed the temple early, so I couldn't even get inside the temple grounds to make any photographs. Hence why I actually flew my drone over. Now I know, I know, I said last time, don't fly your drone and you shouldn't. I just got a little bit frustrated, so I walked a little ways back towards the Hilton Hotel and yeah, I did a flyover. But I was high enough that it didn't bother anybody. Excuses, excuses, I know. But if you get a chance, I would actually take the time and go down to Bluguksa Temple in Gyeongju. This is one of the premier temples in the country. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And if they're doing the festival this year, well, not really a festival, a ceremony, it is something to be hold or witness. Uh, I did it a couple of years ago, I think in 2019, and it was absolutely amazing. Now, the big thing here is it does get busy, so you have to get there a little bit early. But this, again, going back to that walking around the grounds and getting set up, don't go for the typical shot outside the main temple grounds or something like that. Everybody gets that. If it's clear, sure, go for it because they do string the lanterns from the top of the temple where everybody goes down to the bottom and the trees and stuff. It is something that is super nice, but get inside and really experience what goes on there. And what basically happens is when you go into the main grounds right in front of the double top pagoda, you'll see the procession around the temple. And it is fantastic. Uh, people are walking around, beating the drums and going throughout the sites around the temple. It is something that if you are quick enough, you can get some really amazing photos. Now, here's where you're going to have to hover between having a tripod or even using a monopod. I have a three-legged thing as my um, travel tripod. And this works well to sort of switch out because you want to be quick on your feet with these processions. It happens much quicker than you can think. And having a monopod or something to just steady the camera and shooting at a higher ISO will be beneficial here. Again, also having maybe a telephoto lens 
uh, with a wider aperture, like an f2.4, something like that, you will get some great photos of the worshipers and the monks in the procession. Again, it'll be amazing. Now, the last time I was there, I think I mentioned that I think all of my batteries that could possibly die died during this shoot. So my camera batteries died. I brought some backups, which I didn't charge. So they were all dead. And even my phone died. So I got what I wanted, but I really wanted to explore this whole temple and what was going on during Buddha's birthday a little bit more. But sadly, stuff happens and it did at that moment in time. All right. Well, those are basically my recommendations for Buddha's birthday. And they're probably going to be the places that I'm going to try and investigate later on, closer towards the 19th when it is Buddha's birthday. And I hope that you guys can check out at least some of the places around where you live here in Korea. You know, you don't have to go to the greatest temples around or whatever's on the tourist map, go to your local temple and just check out what's going on. Next week, I'm going to have hopefully a great guest who is an expert on all things temples in Korea. And it will be a great episode if you want to learn more about what goes on during Buddha's birthday and where are some of the best and maybe even unknown temples to check out with your camera. If you like this episode and you want to hear more, do subscribe and please give us a rating give me a rating uh, in the comments or on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from. I'd greatly appreciate it as it gets this podcast out to more people. Thank you very much and have a great weekend. Bye-bye.